Hey, what's happening, guys? Grace and peace to you. Today, I hope all is well with you. Uh, God's wisdom and revelation upon you. Uh, His supernatural peace and joy and comfort over you. Today, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, It's been a couple weeks since the last last podcast. Our last podcast was on uh, lack of faith and... uh, Swift obedience, right? Lack of faith, of faith versus swift obedience. Talking about, you know, how we live faithful lives, and then we we start to doubt, and we start to go back and live our worldly lives, and just kind of the pattern of Israel. And um, in that message, I was talking about David, you know, and uh, you know, just his swift obedience. You know, David made some mistakes, but he was quick to repent. You know, and God called him a man after his own heart. You know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> you know, there's there's choices we make and there's bad choices we make when we're in a place of, uh, of a lack of faith. And there's a reason for a lack. It's because we're not truly walking in all that God has called us to walk in, you know, because God never changes. We do. So today's message is called uh, Reign of Righteousness. And today I want to en- encourage us just about the dangers of... Uh, walking away from the Lord and uh, in the reality of heaven and uh, my desire, our desire, my wife's desire for, for all of our friends and family, you know, to be up in heaven together with us. It's God's desire that all of his children on this earth would be up in heaven together, you know, and uh, he gave Tamara that word that, you know, she was weeping for our children who had moved back cross country and and was missing them and had a broken heart, a horrible broken heart. And she felt the Lord say that, you know, that's how I feel about all my children who don't talk to me, who stay away from me, who don't acknowledge me, you know. And that was really a uh, another stepping stone in her life. And, uh, you know, I've received that word as well, you know, that we need to go out and continue to share the gospel I also want to encourage you guys to understand that the Word of God is timeless. Even though it was written thousands of years ago, it applies today. As you read it, we're in the midst of this story still because God has not returned. So uh, there's lots of similarities to um, Israel back in the day um, compared to our world today, compared to the United States, compared to the leaders that are in position. The Word of God is timeless because... Um, he hasn't returned, and it's not over yet. So the book is living and active. The Bible is the living, active uh, Word of God, breathed onto paper by the Holy Spirit, right? Breathed through the authors with revelation from the Lord. It is 100% true, every single word of it, and it's the best uh, way for us to live our life. You know what I mean? If we obey the Word of God, it's it's so that we would have the best life here on earth now and then forever in heaven. Amen. All right. So reign of righteousness. So I was reading through Isaiah. Again, I've, I've told you guys I'm reading through the Bible in 40 days and I'm, I'm doing well, staying on track and just been blown away um, by the word of God. So today I'm in uh, Isaiah 30. I'm going to jump around a lot. Um, as the Lord kind of highlighted this thing, um, this message today, but it starts off in 30, like woe to the rebellious children, right? Who take counsel not of me, but and who devise plans, not of my spirit, spirit, um, that they may add sin to sin. 
this is a dangerous place to be where we get our counsel, right? It says, uh, through a land of trouble and anguish from which came the lioness and the lion, the viper and the fiery flying serpent, they will carry riches on the backs of their donkeys and their treasures on humps of camels to a people who shall not profit. They shall help in vain and they will not prosper. In verse 9, it says, that is a rebellious people. Those are lying children, children who do not hear the law of the Lord. It warns us in verse 11 to get out of the way, to turn aside from that path. Otherwise, we cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from from going before us. You know, and there's danger in that. Uh, Going on to verse 16, and he shall break it like the breaking of the potter's vessel, which is broken into pieces. Talking about those of us who choose to worship idols, to put all of our confidence in ourself and our worldly bank accounts and all of that. And I, I say that lightly, man. We, we got a plan for the future, but you know what I'm saying. It's a fine line between planning and fully counting on what you think you're going to have if you make it to retirement. It's a fine line. That's all I'm saying. But when you, you know, you know your heart and God knows your heart, right? Um, and he says there, there, uh, so there shall not be found, uh, any among its, uh, fragments, a uh, shard to take fire from the hearth or to take water, um, uh, from the cistern. And, uh, th- this, this, uh, this verse here about the breaking of the potter's vessel was, uh, a big reason why we're here in North Carolina. I had, I was at a conference, the global leadership summit years ago, and Stephen Furtick was there and they, they did a physical representation of this this pot being broken on stage, and they challenged us to grab a piece of that pottery, a shard of it, and uh, pray, and then write a promise. And I wrote, I will go on that shard. I will go, I told the Lord. And uh, he reminded me of that here oh, a little over a year ago. He said to me, you told me you will go. I'm calling you to go. And, and and that that piece of pottery just came right to mind, you know, instantly from 15 years ago. Um, so God remembers uh, our promises, right? Goes on to say, in returning and rest, you shall be saved and quiet and confidence shall be your strength. Um, one thousand shall flee at the threat of one and the threat of five shall flee uh, till you are left on a pole on the top of a mountain as a banner on a hill. Again, just talking about our fear and and how we're going to view life, right? It goes on to say that God will be gracious, though. Therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you, right? Because he loves you. And therefore, he will be exalted because we will understand once again what a loving God he is. He may have mercy on you. For the God is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. You know, we're called to wait in this time right now. We don't know when he's returning uh, we don't just wait by sitting on our hands. We wait by proclaiming the gospel, completely trusting in him, believing every word of the Bible, not living fearful lives, but being filled with faith and joy, knowing that he's coming back, knowing that we're protected under his wings. Amen. goes on to say he will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. 
Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ, accepting Jesus Christ, accepting what he did for you on the cross, the sacrifice that he made for all of humanity when he died, and all his blood was poured out. That is the grace that allows God to forgive us. Because God is a good judge, and in being a good judge, we all deserve death. But through his Son... Jesus took the death for us. That is why we live. That is why we have air in our lungs. It's called grace. And it only comes from Jesus Christ. No other book, no other teaching, no nothing. It comes from the Bible and it's Jesus Christ. Amen. Make sure you're standing uh, firm on that. So even though we walk away and we, we don't pay attention and we you know, go through these things, God, God will be gracious to us. It says, in that day, the Lord will bind up the bruise of his people and heal the strokes of their wound. He talks about some of the judgment that will be poured out, which is what we're living in this world today. And he says, uh, he says, and there shall be a bridle in the jaws of the people causing them to err. You know, do we know anybody whose jaws are jacked up, who can't speak right in this world today, right? Insanity will come upon men, and men will do crazy, evil things in this world. This word is timeless, folks. He talks about hailstones and tempests. I was out in California, and they were sharing about the, you know, giant hail balls. Call it what you want, a fluke of nature i don't think so right um he goes on to talk about in 31 the folly of not trusting god again this is us slipping away woe to those right (laughs) who don't follow right but who do not look to the lord of israel nor do they seek the lord um it's just a dangerous place to be it goes on to say they will all perish together Again, there's no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ and not just accepting him. Well, that's not up to me. That's up to God. But we're to be followers of Jesus Christ. Even Satan believed in God. So if you say you believe in God, I would challenge you that that may not be enough. We're called to be followers. When Jesus was here, he said, follow me, right? Follow me, which means to live like he did, do what he did, live a life the way he did, live from the power and authority that he had and not have any uh, resemblance to this world whatsoever. Um, So that's a a challenge for you. Um, And in the midst of this, it says, return to him, right? Return to him. Return to him, and he will return to you. You know, he... uh, You know, that's in the Gospels, abide in me and I'll abide in you. You know, turn to me and I'll turn to you. And basically, I mean, love me, I'll love you. Talk to me, I'll talk back to you. You know, listen to me, I'll listen to you. The Lord is all about relationship. You know, this isn't about religion at all. It's all about relationship. Chapter 32 talks about a reign of righteousness, all right, in the midst of our folly, in the midst. And even what I just told you, there was a back and forth, right? There was a falling away, and God was gracious. There was a return. Then there's a folly of people not trusting God again, yet God still came back to them and uh, 
uh, you know, we don't know, man, <laughs> how, how long this back and forth is going to go, this tennis match uh, with the Lord. And uh, I, I know I don't want to be on the losing side of that match, you know. So a reign of righteousness, you know, behold, a king will reign in righteousness. He will rule with justice. Um, he will cover you and protect you. The eyes of those who see him will not be dim and the ears of those uh, who hear will listen. You know, also we will understand knowledge. Uh, people will begin to speak, you know, plainly. Um, it'll start to flip the script right now on what everybody's worshiping, which is the media and the idols of this world. Um, people will see that the foolish person, it says in verse five, will no longer be called generous, nor the miser to be bountiful. For the foolish person will speak foolishness. And his heart will work iniquity to practice ungodliness, to, to utter error against the Lord, to keep the hungry unsatisfied. And he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fall. Also the schemes of the schemer are evil. And, uh, and there will be destruction. But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. So we're called to be sons and daughters of righteousness. You know, I believe we're in a great shaking right now. There's a great shaking going on in this world that started with COVID. It's, you know, that was a man-made created evil uh, thing as well as, well, as well as the vaccine and all of that. Sorry to say, but it is. It's all created by man. It's a dangerous thing. And, um, but it was a real thing. And it still is, right? Caused a lot of people to die. My wife and I got it back in September. It's horrible. Felt evil. You could feel the oppression in it. Um, and I'll go out and say, <laughs> you know, I, I believe Omicron was a gift from the Lord because that caused this thing to spread so fast that everybody became immune to it. It was a much milder version. You know, unfortunately, there were still people that that had passed from it, from comor comorbidities and things like that, that, that that disease highlights, which is what it was created to do. But it spread so fast that it pretty much squashed it. And right now you look at the world, it's like COVID wasn't even here. People are moving on and typical, typical of humanity, right? Just moving on. So 32, it, it talks about that as well, consequences of complacency. Again, you know, we're called to be, uh, making disciples of all nations, preaching the gospel to the ends of the earth, right? Sharing about heaven, trying to get everybody we know into heaven. You know, the Lord told me coming into this year, if we're not, you know, sharing the gospel and trying to get people into heaven, that we might not be going there ourselves, you know? Also heard a statistic that 98% of Christians don't share their faith at all. Uh, that was from a person, so I don't know. I didn't research that, but... Uh, that's a pretty high number. I would hope it's not that, but whatever, what category do you fall in? You know, look at your life, look at your daily life. Is it all about the Lord or is it all about your work and all about this and that? And God gets Sundays only and maybe a brief mention or is God always on your lips? So it warns you about, you know, complacency, um, the peace of God's reign, Right. Justice will dwell in the wilderness and the righteous remain in the fruitful field. 
righteousness and quietness and assurance forever. Though hail comes down on the forest and the city is brought low, blessed are you who sow beside all waters. So good. And he gives us an opportunity here. You know, the people turn and they pray to him. Um, he warns again that woe to you who thought you plunder, you know what I mean? And yet you haven't been plundered yet. So you may be thinking you're successful on your own. You need to be careful. And again, the, the Lord knows your heart. And again, this is talking about a reign of righteousness. And in this great shaking that's going on, there will stand the sons and daughters of righteousness will stand through this shaking. They will be protected. We will be protected and we will stand out differently to this world for the uh, fact that we will be the ones to help lead them to the Lord and explain what's going on in this world. It says, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of our salvation. The fear of the Lord is, is his treasure, right? One who trusts in him. You know, the earth mourns and languishes. The Lord says, now I will rise, now I will be exalted, now I will lift myself up, right? And the people shall be like the burnings of the time. Again, this world is, is just crying out for the Lord, right? Whom among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall uh, dwell with everlasting burnings? It says, he who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. The sons and the daughters of righteousness will not see this fire that's coming. We will be protected under the wings of the Lord. And again, it goes on to talk about what the Lord despises and moving up into 34. And the heavens shall be rolled up like a scroll and their host shall fall down as the leaf falls from the vine, as the fruit falling from the fig tree. Uh, talks about the arrows, you know, they're... There are uh, arrows, the arrow snake, it says, make their nest and lay his eggs. You know, the word of God talks about being protected when we have on the full armor of God from the fiery darts of the enemy. You know, way back in Isaiah, it's talking about the arrow snake, you know, the serpent and his plans and laying eggs. If you can picture that, that whole thing and right, those seeds of doughty plants in, in our hearts and all of that. But we're above that, right? We're sons and daughters of righteousness because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And in this reign of righteousness, there's a, there's a beautiful road that we walk upon, right? And it's a highway. And it's a highway. And it says uh, in verse, uh, in chapter 35, a highway shall be there. Let me read before it here. The eyes of the blind shall be open. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer. The tongue of the numb sing. The water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast go upon it. It shall not be found 
there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. With everlasting joy on their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So reign of righteousness, folks. There's a, again, so the word of God is timeless. As you read the word, as you read the Old Testament, a lot of people don't like reading the Old Testament. You know, when Jesus came, he didn't erase the law. He fulfilled the law. Old Testament is very important. It's about our heroes of faith. There's a lot to learn about faith and how they walked out and how the Lord spoke through his spirit. You know what I mean? To learn about the Trinity, to learn about the Holy Spirit, uh, to see our heroes of faith and how they acted, uh, whether they had a lack of faith or whether they moved with swift obedience you know how they would fast and pray and God would answer them. All of these things are timeless and true for us today. You know, and again, the word of God is living and active, which means as you read it, you may read these same passages today and the Holy Spirit may highlight something else to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's a, it's an interactive relationship with Jesus Christ. And there are no wrong answers, you know. Um, there are no wrong answers. And I say that lightly because, you know, again, the Holy Spirit highlights things and, you know, God is a God of love and mercy. And sometimes his personal side can outweigh, you know, what somebody has, has read for 30 years and they beat you over the head with it. And it does nothing versus you sharing what you think it means in your heart with the Holy Spirit highlighted to you. I believe that's more like Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus was very relatable to people. He was filled with compassion. He didn't beat people over the head with scripture. He recited scripture in a way that applied to the compassionate, loving advancement of his kingdom. You know what I mean? And at times, of course, the warning, um, when we, when we're out of place and, uh, and he got very angry. One of the only times he got angry in the Bible was with all the Pharisees and Sadducees and money changers that were doing all that in the temple, in the church, which I'm not mocking the church, but you know, you got mega churches, you've got money making. We were in a church the other day that was selling clothing right in the, right in the foyer, you know, and whatever, man, that's all good. That's up to them. But is it good? Is that not money changing right in the house of the Lord? And, and again, I say these things lightly, but I say them to wake us up, man, because God is unifying the church. He does not care about religion. He hates religion. He wants relationship. He doesn't want Baptist and Catholic and Methodist and, you know, Pentecostal and, you know, and association this, association that. He's tearing all that down, man. The church needs to be unified in the gospel. That's it. And quit hanging on to what we think it needs to be. And, and oh man, I could. That's a whole other topic. It's a whole other topic. God is unifying the church, and it's going to continue to be shaken. And our leaders need to be shaken. And and just it needs to be messy, man. It needs you need to let the spirit do what the spirit's going to do. It needs to be all about the gospel. It needs to be talking about heaven and the beauty of heaven. And we need to be getting people there. And not worried about filling seats and not worried about none of that. Just preach the gospel. And that doesn't mean angrily. It means truthfully and being loving and compassionate. 
you know, and you can't please everybody. And Jesus wasn't a people pleaser. You know, if people said, hey, I'm not going to follow you, he's like, okay, that's fine. You know, and he went on to the next town. And, um, but he never stopped. Jesus was always on the go. And we're all called to be on the go. So step into this reign of righteousness. Step, step into who you are in Christ if you truly believe in him and have received him. And he's powerfully moved in your life. You are a son and daughter of righteousness. And we have a huge burden in this life, a never-ending burden to share the gospel. And uh, we come across a lot of frustration to people who don't understand it, even leaders in the church who don't want to come behind and teach the people how to do that. They just, it's saddening. It's saddening, you know. And again, I'm not dogging the church, man. The church is a wonderful place. It's a place of fellowship and gathering. It's a filling station to give us what we need to, you know, get out there and and share the gospel and the love of God. But I mean, our model is Jesus Christ, and we need to do what Jesus did. And uh, doing the Father's business, all for the Father's glory. Amen. Until his return. So live in that reign of righteousness uh, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you guys.